Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And it's really the compounding over the longer term that's going to give you the wealth to actually, you know, change your life so those quick gains that you make you know it might be more than you make in one year's salary but and it does help you kind of build up some capital and and get into better investments but yeah compoundings where you really end up changing your life This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode, we're back with the Managing Director of Investors Edge Real Estate, Jared Mann. He'll detail the importance of being patient and buying for quality instead of quantity. As well as this, he'll show that it's okay to change mentors when they are no longer serving you and explain what it truly means to be a person of value. When we last spoke to Man, he was telling the unbelievable story of a tenant going to the extreme to avoid some fees. Now, let's hear how he bounced back from the situation. I was doing a renovation project, um, one of them at the time, and I had a really experienced investor named Denise around to give me some advice on what to do and, and I got all of her trades and contacts and stuff to do the renovation, so she really helped out. And I knew that she used to be a property manager and she'd done many more renovations and it was really a seasoned investor to, to tell, she helped me see that there is this profit that is possible like she'd grown a a very decent portfolio and kind of just showed me gave me hope again (laughs) so i was she was um going in and troubleshooting um and trying to fix other businesses rent uh, rental portfolios so she was a bit disillusioned with the property management industry herself and by that stage she was just going in and and fixing up people's businesses for them so we became really good friends and she ended up asking me if i'd be interested in starting a property management um, focused agency and i'd never even given the idea thought to be honest and I'd, i'd tried to change manager a few times and didn't find the right ones and no one had sort of that investment mindset that i wanted and and everyone was property management back then was like a back of office thing where the sales agents were the stars of the office and the property management was neglected and it would have you know pretty inexperienced juniors and and it just wasn't given the attention or the the focus that it it is today um by the property management specialists that we sort of now have 
So it was her idea to start um, Investors Edge Real Estate and I came up with that name, I think, when I was in the shower <laughs> one time, <laughs> as you do. And um, that was in part uh, what I was... I was already on leave from my engineering job and not knowing exactly what I was going to do. I wanted to do property full-time and I thought, well, if I can help other people with their investing and go through their learning cycles and, you know, give them the kind of property management service that I wanted, that was really my main inspiration. And I thought if I can be in property all day and I love it this much, then 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 that was a big, massive turning point for me. Of course, starting any business is going to be difficult but Man underestimated just how hard it would be. I had no business experience and I had no, um, I, I had no experience as a real estate agent and there was massive learning curves and it took a really long time to get traction. Um, but, you know, we, I went and met up with a lot of the investors I knew um, and I put it out on the Summersoft Property Investment Forums. Um, I used to organise meetups um, so that I could, um, you know, find out how other investors were successful and also speak to them about what they were wanting for their from their property managers. So similar to my job as an engineer, I just went around asking everyone, you know, what would you want in a service and, you know, what things would make you choose a, someone as a property manager and, you know, why would you leave your existing one? And I basically then just designed or engineered the service based on everyone else's feedback and we've continued to do that every year. We survey our clients and I love reading every single survey and, you know, going deep into their frustrations and their ideas for how I can improve the business. And then we go back and tell them all the things we've done that, that they suggested and they love that too. So that sort of iterative, you know, um, just giving people what they want and using their ideas. And I, I had a lot of, I did the same with sort of business coaches and, and other um, people that i surrounded ourselves with to make the business a success so yeah 14 years on now we um we're one of the most awarded property managers in australia and and we're one of the most highly rated on google in perth so it's um you know i I pinch myself like that i'm in a job i love um we're helping so many investors get ahead and improve their lives and like that's a big part of my why as to why i come to work now Since finding his groove in property investment, Mahan values the strategy of investing for quality, not quantity. I was more about um, buying quantity of properties previously, and and I was also about you know trying to force appreciation of value through renovation and building, and and I was often very impatient with with um, my whole approach to investing and very short term focused. So. I often think if I went back and just bought, you know, instead of buying multiple properties, bought the highest, a higher quality property um, and had a longer term focus to things and let compounding do its work, that I might be a hell of a lot better off because I wouldn't have paid as many taxes. I wouldn't have put, you know, put a, so much effort into, you know, that adding value and, and actively being in property. But... And yes, I learned a lot um, and it got me where I am today But so I don't regret it but also I now lean more towards uh, evidence-based selection of properties and buying the higher quality of property that you can afford and, and 
letting compounding do its work over the long term. And so I'm more thinking about a forever hold and does this property, you know, is this going to be a great legacy to leave to my kids and and do I see this property doubling and tripling in the next 20 to 30 years? And that's more how I'm approaching my investing these days. Martin even used this strategy when buying his family home. And so we went about choosing our home that way um, recently and um, that's done very well over the last... So we bought in... Um, it was in December uh, 2020, so quite recently. Um, and in the 18... Oh, how many months has it been? Well... Yeah, about 18 months. So next door just sold for 350 odd thousand higher than what we paid and it was, you know, it was it's proven to be a really great selection and did 20 odd percent in over a year. And part of that um choice was I wanted to put the hat on as an investor when choosing the family home and not um approach it separately. So we got our daughter into a really great school, but um, there's the proven history of performance in this suburb, and it's more of a steady, um, you know, growth performer. Not uh, doesn't go through crazy levels of you know growth and then have nothing for for ten years. It's more of a steady, good, longer term performer. When looking for his family home, Mann was thinking like an investor and had made a list of criterias. I went really deep into formulating an ideal criteria um, over the last few years. Again, not um, creating all these ideas myself, but you know, getting stuck into other people's uh, books and other people's podcasts and you know, take some ideas from them, <laughs> some ideas from them, some ideas from them. Then I've got my ideal criteria and now all my clients um, use that for overlaying on their purchases too. So. I did a lot of research studies as well as to what difference um, a quality school makes compared to a non-quality school catchment, like when the, when the suburbs are even next to each other. And typically in that case in Perth, it's made like around a 2% difference in the average annual growth rate over time. So when you also look at other factors, like I did another study into what difference does being next to the coast or water or, you know, water give to the suburb and it also equated to around uh, 2% difference as well in the average annual growth rate and this is all kind of reflected when you look back at the past growth rates of an area and if those things haven't changed then then it's more than likely that it's going to benefit the area in growth moving forward as well. So I'm more trying to um, focus on those ideal criteria that that are going to give growth in the future and it can be adopted, um, you know, at the lower end budgets as well as the upper end budgets to, you know, choose between um, suburbs. So, Although a 2% growth rate may sound small, over time it can be a substantial difference. Over 30 years on a $500,000 purchase, the difference of 2% is $1.1 million. So, yeah, once I got that, like, and then when you combine that with thinking on a forever hold, um, getting that extra incremental 1% or 2%, imagine applying that across a whole portfolio. 
you know, that's where life-changing wealth is made. Coming up after the break, we learn about the mentors that Jared Mann has had along his journey. At different stages, I've had different mentors that I can't, that get me to a certain place and then, you know, I feel like I'm not, I've got a diminishing return from them. He shares some of his top resources. Well, my favorite one um, is the wealthy gardener. We'll hear the best advice that he has ever received. That stuck with me and and it's really helped me in my darker times of when the market's been down or I've had, you know, difficult things to do. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Sharp and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey there. Over the years, I've built up a portfolio of properties and it's been great to see capital growth. But the challenge I face is the passive income has been quite poor, providing a net return of 3 to 4% per annum. I'd have to buy at least 10 properties or more to generate $100,000 per year. Now, if I had the cash to buy these outright, which I didn't, then I need the help of banks and as they wouldn't lend me more, I was stuck. This is when I start looking into alternative investments where I could use my equity and cash to generate 25 to 30% per annum returns and fast track my passive income goal. In a short space of 2 years, I've been able to achieve this goal and have tripled my passive income instead. Now, if you want to learn more on how I did this, SMS me your name and email address on 04-88-88-31-32 and I'll send you a free report explaining how I did it. Man has had multiple mentors throughout the different stages of his property investment journey. I looked at my Audible account the other day and I've read, <laughs> listened to 330 odd books and at different stages, I've had different mentors that I can't, that get me to a certain place and then, you know, I feel like I'm not, I've got a diminishing return from them. So I usually find that I'm with a mentor or a coach for like one or two years. Um, these days, I think running the podcast is just, I end up speaking to the people I interview for 30 to 60 minutes before doing the recording and picking their brains and and that's my favorite way to get access to you know great thinkers in this space so it's hard to pinpoint to anyone um, but it's it's all together in my mixing bowl. He mentioned that he has a habit of listening to a lot of audiobooks. He has listened to over 300. So what books stood out to him? Well, my favorite one um, is The Wealthy Gardener and I don't think many um, Australians know about it but it's um, it covers like the sort of the internal journey towards wealth and the principles for success and it's told with an engaging story so it's part fiction story and part non-fiction where he lays out the principles and I'm so um, obsessed with this uh, book uh, that I listen to it when I'm going to sleep each night. <laughs> So I've read it probably four or five times and I just find the, the um, narrator to be very calming too. So I'm uh, really tapping into my subconscious as I'm going to sleep. Um, you can't listen to a book if it excites you when you're going to sleep. So I'm now, I've now listened to it enough that it's calming. As well as lessons from all the books that he's read, 
Man has been taught lessons from the people in his life. I don't know who told me. It might have even been my business partner. But when we were having um, our difficult times, and you know, early on, I was really just trying to prove myself and become a success. And and I think it was Denise that said to me that you know, try not to become a man of success, but a man of value. And it was Albert Einstein that originally said it. And that's just, I don't know if it was Denise that told me, but that stuck with me. And and it's really helped me in my darker times of when the market's been down or I've had, you know, difficult things to do. If I can just be of value to other people and then I will receive the the worth what I'm worth and and yeah that's really changed my life there's so many dimensions to it so you know being of value to others can have many dimensions like it's not and it can be applied from the the discussion you have with your barista in the morning to the client that you're helping that day to you know your friends and you know everything with all the lessons that man has learned over the years he has some advice of his own probably just hang in there that the roller coaster will all be worth it and everything moves in cycles so i didn't understand just how important the cycles were to business and investing and especially in perth I didn't appreciate that we were, because we had one of the biggest booms in history, I didn't appreciate that we would have to have had one of the bigger corrections too in history. And the next five years is going to be so different to the last five and I can already see, you know, that we're going to have our time in the sun ahead. And I'm just so glad that I've stuck in there because now I'm getting the rewards and and getting that um, the roller coaster's coming back up and the cycle's turning around again and, you know, Perth, uh, it, it's uh, still been forgotten a bit, you know, um, and we're now the lowest priced capital city in Australia where we've got the lot, but we've got the best fundamentals. So we've got the lowest unemployment, we've got the highest surplus um, to our um, government budget I don't know if you saw, like, there's $8 billion surplus and $4 billion coming from GST. We've had one of the safest COVID, you know, periods, even though we had locked everyone out of our state. <laughs> and you also look at our rental yields. They're the highest in Australia of any capital. When you combine that with affordability, uh, the last couple of months we've seen a lot of investors coming that were planning to buy in Brisbane now Brisbane's become overpriced and their floods have put a lot of people off we're seeing yeah, that wave move over here now and it's been coming for a long time but it, it seems to finally be here and I think still think there's a lot of uh, value buying for, for investors and that's why I'm still buying here personally as well so Jared, how much of your success out of your whole property journey that you've you know been through right now, how much of your success is due to intelligence, skill and hard work and how much do you think is because of luck? Good question. <laughs> I, I think probably initially my success was more from the hard work and the burning desire um, to create a better life for myself but after 14 years in the business of property, I've developed probably a lot of 
more experience and skills to draw on. So I, th- I think it's a combination. But then when you look at luck as well, like if I didn't meet my previous business partner, Denise, at an, at an investor networking function, I wouldn't have Investor's Edge and I wouldn't, you know, be in the position that I am to help so many other investors. And I also met my wife when she was acting as a settlement agent on one of my sales. So we're chatting to her over the phone and I looked her up on Facebook and she was single and next time when we were coordinating the settlement, I asked her to catch up for coffee and, uh, you know, that's all she wrote. So, you know, 11 years later we're, we're still together and have a beautiful daughter. So if that's not, if there's not luck in meeting those two sort of key partnerships that I've had, yeah, I have to pinch myself and thank myself for being that lucky too. Thank you to Jared Mann, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you love the show and you're a wholesale investor wanting to learn more about how I got started in alternative investments, where I've been able to use my equity and cash to generate 25 to 30% per annum returns to fast track my passive income goal, then SMS me your name and email address on 04-88-88-3132 to register your interest. Now, in a short space of two years, I've been able to achieve my goal and have tripled my passive income. To find out how, SMS me your name and email address on 04 88 88 31 32.